Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and tonight I'll be having a chat with the Melbourne Football Club's defensive coach, Troy Chaplin. He played a pivotal role in building one of the best defensive units in the competition, which culminated in our drought-breaking premiership season. I can't wait to have a chat with him about our formidable defence. On Tuesday, the boys will be back to dissect the King's birthday clash with the Pies. Your questions and comments are a huge part of the show, so please post them in our podcast thread on demonland.com or DM us on our social media channels. You can leave us a voicemail to play on the podcast by calling 03-9016-3666. That's 03-9016-3666. And don't worry, nobody answers so you won't have to talk to someone. Your feedback on Apple Podcasts is really important to us and we love a five-star review and we always read them out on the show. But now, here's Demons defensive coach, Troy Chaplin. Our guest tonight was drafted by Port Adelaide at pick number 15 in the 2003 AFL Draft. He only made one appearance in his first year of footy, but by 2006 he was a mainstay in the power lineup and had received an AFL Rising Star nomination. In 2010, he finished second in Port's Best and Ferris, following a third-place finish in 2009. After 140 games with the power, he crossed to Richmond as a free agent at the conclusion of the 2012 season, playing 75 games across four years with the Tigers. Since his playing days, he's been a development coach at Sturt and the Oakley Chargers before joining the Dees in 2016, first as our offensive coach and then as one of the architects of our premiership winning defensive unit. Welcome back to the Demonland podcast, Troy Chaplin. No worries at all. Troy, at the end of 2017, we bring in Jake Lever and then a year later, Stephen May. The two of them obviously form the nucleus of our formidable defence. They're the generals of the back line. Does it make your job easier on game day having those two natural-born leaders, I guess, acting as de facto coaches on the field? Yeah, it does. And it's what we're very fortunate because we've got those two guys. We've also got some younger guys who are coming through and showing some leadership now in the likes of obviously Salo, Trent Rivers, experience down there, as you said, with Maisie, Jake and, and Hippo. So it certainly does make my job easier. Um, they're very, they hold each other to real high um, standards and are very accountable in their own game. So um, it, it, it does make it a lot easier, and especially training as well, because they drive each other to get better every day. So I, I sort of let them go a little bit on game day and let them work through and try and find solutions themselves. And if they need help or are a little bit off the mark, I'll steer them back in the direction we need to go. But um, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got a quality group down there who, who are playing some really good footy at the moment as well. In 2021, we had Adam Tomlinson, then Harry Petty, step seamlessly into Tomo's role when the former, unfortunately, tore his ACL. And thus, the three-headed dragon of the Demon Defence was born. The three tools in defence and the defensive zone that we employ uh, made us one of the hardest teams to score against. And our defence was clearly one of the hallmarks of that premiership season. Uh, In that year, we only conceded, on average, 64 points. In last year, we averaged 67 points against us during the season and then 69 points after the finals. But prior to last week's game against Carlton, we had conceded, on average, over 75 points a game. Now, there are obviously many factors contributing to this where we're playing a more attacking brand at times, which can lead to more turnovers and scoring. But this year, however, through injuries, forward and back, and also with Petty's move, to the forward line. We've seen the Ds play a lot shorter in defence, uh, mostly only play two key position tools. 
And we saw the return of three tools in defence this week, and it can't be a coincidence that Lever was back to taking 12 intercepts and we kept the opposition down to 44 points. Are we likely to see three tools in defence for the remainder of the season, or is it still a week-to-week proposition depending on matchups? Yeah, it is a little bit of a week-to-week proposition. There's probably a couple of things. One thing was you said that we wanted to try and improve our scoring. So naturally, when you when you try and be a little bit more attacking, you, you have to give up something. And we spoke about that as coaches in the off-season as we, we did want to improve our ability to score and attack against the opposition. So for me, as a defensive coach, one of the first things that you say is, well, hang on, that means we're going to leak more scores potentially. But you've got to let go because you want to improve another part of your game. You, you can't be number one in every stat. So as long as you're top four, top five defensively, and you can be top four on in scoring, then then your game's in good order. Uh, probably one thing was we're really good defensively, but we lacked a bit of um, opportunities to score. So there was that part of it. We knew we'd give up some scores, but there's also the reason we wanted to try and go a little bit smaller at times was towards the back end of last year, we really struggled to get the ball out of our D50 so we thought if we went a little bit smaller and, and teams wanted to try and take away a winner set game, maybe another ground level player would help that. And it worked for periods of times, but probably the thing that I started to notice was the impact of our two key position players started to drop away. So I was pretty keen to try and get the three tools back in. And um, as you said, it was Pets initially. Um, obviously, we've thrown him forward and, and Tomo and Daniel Turner are probably our other two key position players that can come in and, and support our our defence. So we went with that on the weekend and it worked and, and we'll probably look at that way again this week against Collingwood. And it could be the thing going forward, but we have to be ready to to change and adapt to, to what the opposition might throw at us or what, what the uh, what the game says it's going. If it means the teams are going to go smaller, we're going to have to obviously go smaller as well. But there's a couple of reasons why we did have a look at that and, and potentially why a little bit of scoring has gone up against us. But we're still top four defence at the moment it's still the hallmark of our game, and that's and that's what we want it to be. You must have been filthy losing Petty to the forward line. <laughs> he, he was just starting to find some really good touch up there as well before he got injured. Are we likely to see him return to defence, or are the needs up forward, given the available personnel with some injuries? Are we going to see him go back to the forward 50 upon his return after the bye? Uh, well, I'd love to have him as a defender. But, <laughs> so would I. <laughs> um, I think one of the things we want to do as a team is, is look for ways to get better and, and and Pets gives us some really good aerial support, but he's also very good at ground level. So that's one of the things we wanted to trial in forward and, and see how that looked. And, and him and Jacob were starting to work really well together before he went went down with that foot injury. So that's one thing we'll have to discuss um, at match committee. Um, obviously, if the if it's three tools we want to go behind the ball and, and Adam's playing well, then there's no reason to bring him down back. We can we can try and forward and see what that looks like, but. Um, that's one of the one of the things that we want. We want to be innovative as a team, and we want to try different things and, and have a look at what that that looks like with him forward of the ball. Now, if for whatever reason it was affecting us behind the ball, then we've got the ability to throw him back. So uh, I've got no doubt Goody will want to try him forward again, um, and we'll just yeah we'll just see how that looks and, and see where it takes us. Knowing that if we need to throw him down back, then um, he just slides in there no problems at all because uh, we all know what he can do behind the ball. I think he's potentially an all-Australian defender if he settles there. But um, 
we've got to look at what's best for the team and that's going to hopefully help us win a premiership. Uh, the Ds have been lauded as having one of the best, if not the best defensive system in the AFL. Teams that are strong defensively have historically been thought of as playing boring or low-scoring football. For example, the Saints and Frio under Ross Lyon, the Pies under Malthouse, or even the Swans and the Ds under Paul Roos. But one of the things that I love about watching the Ds play is that when we swarm teams with defensive intensity, overlap run and running in waves, our defence actually becomes a key part of our offense and the way that we generate scoring and we're often able to generate big scores from turnovers in defense it's great to watch uh, how have you gone about connecting our defensive system and the offensive system and what are the key elements for that connection to work and I imagine the inclusion of genuine wingers like Langdon and now Hunter have helped bridge those two lines yeah look obviously it's it's really important because the synergy on offense and defense they're so linked so how you move the ball is going to impact you defensively but also how you defend and where you get your turnover so we, we want to be a forward half team i think probably through a period of time this year we lost a little bit of our pressure on the ball carrier we started to retreat a little bit so I think especially the other night against Carlton, was one of the things that we really wanted to do was get back after that ball carrier. And it's going to be really important against Collingwood this week. They they like to handball the ball and use the corridor. So if you defend really well, you're going to get very good turnovers. I think probably the the thing with our group is that um, the mindset you've got to have with ball in hand is don't feel like you have to score right now uh, because otherwise you end up turning the ball over yourself. So... We talk to our boys about having composure with the ball in hand and, and finding the right options and just staying really clear in the mind. So um, without a doubt, defensively, you want to create good turnovers and that's what we do as a team. And, and I think that's why we're number one for scores from turnover and, and differential. You look at those numbers and, and that's what the game is. It's a turnover game. So the closer you can turn the ball over to your goal, the better scoring opportunities you have. But you spoke about Lingers and, and the addition of Lockie Hunter. It's given us a different look. Um, obviously, having a left footer and a right footer on your wings, you can you can transition the ball out either side now. So uh, we've been really pleased with what Lockie's been able to bring to the group and how he supports us defensively. And obviously, Lingers, we know what he does with his ability to run and get back and support. So we're very fortunate that we've got two wingers who work both ways and, and support our back seven or back six on the field. So... Uh, we're really happy with those two guys and they, they play a very important role for us. Forward pressure has also been a hallmark of our game in recent years. Uh, is defence now something that has to be integrated beyond the back six? Uh, and how do you as a defensive coach get the required input into the mids and the forwards to hone that part of their game? Yeah, look, it, it, forward pressure is huge in the game. I think probably the, the biggest shift in the game, especially against us, what we've noticed is that teams just want to get the ball out of their their defensive 50 as quickly as possible. So uh, what you can what you can fall into the trap of is looking at, like, let's say, a pressure number in forward 50 and say it's really low. But um, when teams are dumping the ball out there really quickly because they don't want Cozzy, Nibbler, Spards, Kay Chandler to put pressure on and get forward 50 tackles, that the next best thing is to win the ball back in your attacking half. So uh, we spend a lot of time with our mids and forwards and the way that I'd like to set us up defensively, I, I tell Luz and staff and then, it's, and then those guys go and coach them. So we do some team defensive stuff like education, but a lot of the time um, we rely on each, each other in terms of line coaches to educate, teach. And it's the same. The other side, if there's any offensive stuff that Luz wants from the defenders, then I'll, then I'll sit down and educate them. So uh, we've got a lot of trust within our coaching group and, then we rely on each other to, to, to help one another get what we want. So 
Um, those guys have been really important for me in terms of the way we want to set up defensively and how they've educated our, our guys because they, those two lines are vital to how especially our back six um, run as a group and we're an intercept defence. That's that's what we've got. That's our strength behind the ball. So the more pressure our mids and forwards can put on, then, then it allows our guys behind the ball for their strengths to shine. Uh, Judd McVie has been a revelation in defence this season. He was fortunate enough to crack into this very talented star-studded defensive unit. He had a rapid rise from rookie to Casey Premiership player, and now he's a permanent fixture in the best defence in the league. And that came as a surprise to many. He's since shown exactly why he was chosen. What did the footy department see in Judd over the break that got him the gig for round one? Yeah, I think if I, even if I go back further, like his first year at the club, he, he come in obviously as most 18-year-olds do, and they're very raw. So um, one of the things that we sat down with Judd and spoke to him about was by the end of the season, we just want you to be AFL ready. Now, whether that's you play a game or not, but what we need you to be is ready, and that's understanding game knowledge, building the right habits, um, and then it would be all about what your pre-season looks like and, and the summer that you have. And, and that was the catalyst for him in... His, his off-season was unbelievable. He went back, got extremely fit, stronger. And then it's just a matter of once, you, once you've built that base, it's, anything can happen. So come in and train, train with some freedom, play with some freedom. And that's what he was able to do because he, he built the habits, he built the knowledge of how he wanted to play. So for him, he almost had a free hit. And uh, he came back, he, as what you've seen so far, he showed us in our little hit-outs that he was very balanced. Uh, he very rarely loses contests and... And for him, it was just finding that belief and building the confidence and playing on good players, playing on a fritter, playing on Cosy at training. And then, yeah, lo and behold, he gets to play in a couple of trial games and we throw him off Dusty and then he's playing on Jay Gresham in the St Kilda game. So he got exposed to some really good players early and held his own. And then it's like, well, let's see what he can do at AFL level. Um, and to his credit, he's been fantastic. He's He's had a consistent season. He's probably been our most consistent defender across the first 12 weeks. And, um, he's not a, he's not a high-possession um, getter, but what he does is he wins contests. Um, his speed on defense to get the ground set is is so valuable, and that's probably what you don't see when you – obviously, you don't see it on the stat sheet, but that stuff's so important to us, and uh, that's why he's been able to play week in, week out. On the weekend, he was starting – He's now started to add the intercept and he's starting to add the possessions to his game without going away from what his, his core game is, and that's contest and defence. Jake Bowie had a, a meteoric rise at the start of his career with 17 straight victories, including a flag and a premiership medallion. Since then, he's had a bit of ups and downs. That I thought his game on the weekend was excellent, um, and the last few weeks he's really started to find that early career form. It's a pity he's out with concussion for King's birthday. You must rate him highly. Yeah, we do, and, and hey, you're right. He last year was probably a bit bit inconsistent. Um, he had some really good games, had some games where he's off, but that's expected as a young kid and a young player. So when you when you're finding your feet early on in your career, it's about building the consistency and making sure that your performance doesn't dip. If you're going to have a, a game where you're off, let's just not make it two or three. Let's only make it one and build back up. So um, what we do love about Bowser is his obviously his ability to to use a football, uh, he's clean at ground level. But the thing that he started to add to his game is his ability to win contests as well. And it's it's against taller opponents. Obviously, he's a he's a small kid, but um, his ability to win contests and halve contests has, has been a real strength of his this year. And you're right; he was he was playing some really good footy on the weekend before he got knocked out. 
it's unfortunate he's going to miss this week, but he's a he's a player that we we rate very highly and we see very important to us, especially um, across half back. Christian Salem goes under the radar in the media often in terms of his importance to the team with the silky skills that he brings off halfback. He missed our first nine games of the season. You must be wrapped that he's back and starting to show some great form. Yeah, we are because he's, he's very, very important to us. Um, obviously, we know what he could do with the footy in hand. Um, he's very similar to Bowser. Their ability to find a mark and just relieve, relieve us of some pressure from the opposition is really, really important. But I think when you when you watch Christian's game, that when he's playing really well, it's his contest work, his speed around the contest, his ability to come forward, hit, hit contests hard and win the footy. And that's what we started to see the other night. And I think if you, I know, as you said, he missed the first nine games. If you consider that to last year, uh, we probably rushed him back last year off that knee injury because we, were, as a team, we weren't playing our best. Uh, whereas this year, we're able to, we're obviously playing a little bit better, um, at the start of the year compared to the back end of the year. Uh, we're able to just sort of say to him, look, you, we've got time for you to build up. Um, so we're able to get some really good game loads into it without rushing him back. And, um, his first game obviously was a little bit rusty, but his last two games we've started to see uh, the best of Christian and what we started to see in 2021 when he was probably at his peak. Trent Rivers has taken his game to another level this season. He's starting to find a lot of the ball and he's even rolled through the midfield on occasion. And Gus as well is, is now playing that dual role at times. It would appear as though we're giving guys like Rivers and Brayshaw a run through the middle to give the mids a chop out through a long season. Is this pre-planned to run these defenders through the middle or is it a game day decision based on how the match is going? Oh, no, it's it's definitely pre-planned. It was probably one thing that we made as coaches last year that uh, we need to get more guys going through the midfield. We can't rely on Clayton, Track, Lawrence, um, Tom Sparrow because it's it's a bloody hard role to play midfield. And, and by the end of the year, um, last year especially, we probably started to see our guys just lack a little bit of energy and we started to probably carry some injuries late. So as a group, we, we sat down as coaches and said, okay, well, what's the next thing for us? And it was the guys, like as you just mentioned, like can we get Riff through there? Can Neil Bourne? Um, Spargo, Cozzy, can they just give us five minutes here or there just to relieve those guys and probably reduce their game time a little bit? So at the back end of the year or when the game's on the line, they've got full, they're full of energy. So we've been able to do that with Riv. Uh, he probably plays five minutes a quarter, maybe five minutes a half. Like it's, it's not big numbers, but what we've been able to do is expose him to a bit of midfield time because I think that for him is probably an area where in a few years' time he might be able to... Um, adjust his game and play a bit more midfield. So he played it as a junior. Um, he's been playing some really consistent footy across halfback, but just being able to expose him to that as well as probably um, seeing him as a player grow and get a bit more confidence too. It was exactly a year ago that Disco Turner got the call up for Queen's birthday and made his debut. Many fans were impressed with the brief glimpse that we got of him before his unfortunate injury. Since then, he hasn't been able to work his way back into the team with the exception of the late call up that he got for the Suns game before them returning back to Casey. Are we likely to see more of Disco at some point? I believe he has a groin injury at the moment, but do you see more senior games in his future? Yeah, definitely. We we rate Daniel very highly. He's a uh, he's an intercept player, which is as I said earlier, that's one of our strengths as a defensive unit. Um, he's probably very similar to to Jake Lever. So what we're trying to expose him to is playing on or playing a second tall instead of that third tall. Can he play on some bigger players? Um, I know he played against Gold Coast early in the year and, and got a little bit exposed against Casbolt, but um, Levi Casbolt's a big 
a big yeah. player and it didn't matter who was going to play on him. He was going to cause some headaches. So we think we think Disco will play some AFL footy um, throughout the course of this year. But at the same time, we need to develop him in, in certain areas or get him to develop certain areas of his game. So uh, when he does come in, we want, we want these guys to succeed, not fail. Um, and probably earlier in the year against Gold Coast, it was one of those ones where we wanted to expose him and see if he could play and, and and that matchup probably wasn't ideal for him. Um, but at that time, it really didn't have, have anybody else that was, was in as good a form as what he was. So um, we want to build these guys up so that when they do get in, they, they can play some consistent footy and, and spend four or five weeks in instead of one week in, one week out. So uh, we just need him to, to keep developing his game. As I said, we rate him very, very highly and think he's going to be a player of the future for us. Uh, we have a number of defenders learning the trade down at Casey that our listeners would love to get an assessment on how they're tracking. We drafted 196-centimetre uh, Western Australian defender Jed Adams last season. I understand that he was recovering from shoulder surgery in the preseason and missed the first part of that of this year. How are you seeing his development in the VFL and is he someone who you see taking over Steve May's role in time? Yeah, look, he's developing along nicely. He's probably very similar to Judd last year what we're trying to build with Jed at the moment is his habits and an understanding of how we play and you just we're slowly adding layers to his game so um, a lot of it was around our system initially how we play as a as a team and and how we move behind the ball as a group and once he started to understand that now it's now it's more about his contest craft how can you get yourself into positions where you're not halving contests but you're starting to win them so we've been spending a bit of time on his body work watching vision on how he could um, utilise his positioning to, to send forwards to poor areas of the grounds and then that'll allow him to come off and support in the air. So we're slowly building him up. Um, he's got some traits. He reminds me of Harrison Petty when he first came to the club. Like he's got some speed and he does move behind the ball really quickly. Now we've just got to keep building the, the layers of his game that are going to enable him to, to come in and succeed. And, and as you said, like he probably is the guy that in the future... Uh, whether it's him and Pets um, that take over from Maisie, um, we build him up so that when he does, he's ready to play AFL football and, he's, and he can play at, the, at his optimum best. Blake Howes plays wing and defence. How do you see his development? I heard whispers last year that he was close to a debut before getting injured. It's a tough team to crack into with wingers like Langdon and Hunter, not to mention you know, being a part of a, one of the premier defences in the competition. How is he tracking this season and how is he far off from a debut? Yeah, look, Housie was probably, as you said, he was very close before he hurt his foot last year, which was really disappointing for him because he was playing some really good footy last year. And we felt this year with Ed locking on the wing, does that mean that his his opportunity on the wing is going to be um, hard to get a game? So we thought we'd try and expose him to half-back. And he's been really good, really pleased with how he's developing across half-back. Um, he, he's a very good runner, uses the ball well. So for him, it's just learning that, as once again, it's just learning our system and, and understanding how that works. Now, as you said, it's very hard when you've got Rivers, Salem, Bowie, McVie, Hibbert all playing well. So these guys just have to bide their time. But what they need to do is make sure that they keep playing consistent footy at VFL. Don't, just because you're not playing AFL, we can't afford you to drop off. So for him, it's been about building the building his game up to be at an AFL standard, not so much VFL. We want you to to be above and beyond that level so that when you do get the opportunity to come in, you're ready to go. So 
Um, Powers has been doing some great stuff with Taylor Whitford at the VFL level and is playing some really consistent footy and has, has been one of our consistent performers at VFL this year. Uh, then there's rookies Deacon Smith and Kai Turner. Kai's been injured for a while but seemed to be impressive with what I've seen at some pre-season training sessions that I've attended. And from reports out at Casey, Deacon has shown a bit too. How's their development tracking? Yeah, Kai, unfortunately, Kai's had a, um, some groin issues, which is which has really set him back. He, he's not too far. He's started to turn a bit of a corner now, but um, he's got some real attributes that can can help at AFL level. So we're looking forward to him finally being able to get back and hopefully play some footy in the back end. Um, yeah, because it was it was disappointing that uh, the groin's just it's yeah, let him down a little bit this probably last seven or eight weeks. Uh, Deacon, on the other hand, he's, he's very similar to Howes. He's been very consistent at VFL level. Um, he's tough. He's probably a guy that could eventually take over from Hibbo, that that guy who's going to play out the dangerous half-forwards. Um, he's very similar to Howes in terms of his game. We really wanted to, to not, not be playing a, a, a trademark VFL level. I really want to challenge these guys to be thinking about, okay, if, if you're playing on um, Tom Papley, at AFL level, you need to play the same way at VFL level. You can't you can't just think, oh yeah, I'm just playing on a VFL forward. So, really draw, trying to drive these guys to to take their game to another level because, as I said, the guys who are playing AFL at the moment, they're either relying on them guys getting injured or, or running out of um, form, or their other option is to go past them. So, we'll keep challenging these guys to to keep taking their game to the next level. But um, both both Housie and Deacon have probably been our most consistent guys at VFL level along with Daniel Turner. So we're starting to get some depth down there, which is great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Troy. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for the part that you played in helping to create this dynamic and formidable defensive unit that's uh, been the best defence that I've experienced as a tragic 46-year-plus Demons fan, which helped deliver us our drought-breaking flag. Best of luck for King's birthday and for the rest of the season ahead. Hopefully we can add some more silverware to the cabinet. Thank you, Troy Chaplin. No, nah, no problems at all any time, and thank you very much. That was the Melbourne Football Club's defensive coach, Troy Chaplin, talking about our formidable, miserly defence and the players' current and future that contribute to being one of the competition's best defensive units. We'll be back on Tuesday night to analyse our King's birthday match against the Magpies. If you want to listen to us live, then head on over to demonland.com on Tuesday night at 8.30pm. If you enjoy the podcast and interviews that we do, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does boost the show and helps get more listeners. We love the contributions that we get each week from our listeners in the form of questions and comments for the podcast. You can do that by posting on Demonland or via our social media channels on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Give us a follow on those platforms as well. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 03 that's 03 Thank you for listening. Go Demons. Go Relegas.